The 2022 Locked On NBA Mock Draft Lottery took place. Where did the Sacramento Kings pick end up, and who did I select with that pick? Find out on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I just wrapped up my eighth season covering Kings basketball. Looking forward to season number nine. I currently work for ABC 10 News in Sacramento. And every single year, unfortunately, the Kings are involved in Locked On in our uh, two of our, both of our mock drafts. But the the one that you don't want to be involved in every single year is the Locked On Lottery mock draft. And what we do is essentially we take all the lottery teams uh, and we simulate a, uh, a draft lottery on Tankathon. Then wherever teams end up, those lottery teams simply do a very easy, very straightforward early mock draft. There are no trades allowed. Uh, there's no nothing crazy. It's just basically one team, each team at a time, pick a player. It's super, super quick. And it's kind of an introduction to draft coverage all over uh, the Locked On Podcast Network. Later on, we will do our ultimate mock draft that we do every year, which is after we find out what the actual uh, draft lottery order is coming from the draft lottery happening next week, then Every single team who does have a draft pick in the first round, we will go through the entire first round. We can trade that pick. We uh, end up selecting who we select, and we put together a whole multi-day, multi-part draft show for you as part of Locked On NBA, our national show. So that is still coming. But the Locked On NBA uh, lottery mock draft that we do every single year, like I said, it's kind of just an introduction to draft coverage. It's, It's fun, it's silly, and it's something that, quite honestly, I'm tired of being a part of. But... Here we are. So where did the Locked On Kings end up in our draft lottery simulation? And who did I select? You will find out on today's episode of Locked On Kings. Plus, I'm going to share with you, based off of conversations that I had, have had with people who are are pretty in the know in Sacramento and around the Sacramento Kings organization, uh, I am pretty confident in saying that this draft pick, unless a massive move up happens in the draft lottery, this draft pick is going to get traded. I'll explain a little bit more uh, to you, explain a little bit of what I've been hearing. Plus, uh, I did want to talk a little bit about the silly nonsense in my mind of the criticism being thrown Mike Brown and the Kings way for the last few games that Mike Brown has been the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. It's all silly. It's all ridiculous. And we know that DeMontis Sabonis is going to be representing the Kings in the draft lottery next week. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot of little things to touch on, but let's start with this uh, locked on ultimate or rather locked on lottery mock draft. Here is the draft order. The Orlando magic won the draft lottery. I will say overall it was a pretty boring simulation. Uh, Orlando won uh, the draft lottery. They got the number one overall pick, followed by OKC at two, Houston at three, Detroit at four, Indiana at five, Portland at six, 
The Sacramento Kings stayed at seven where they were projected to uh, to end up. Pelicans at eight, Spurs at nine, Wizards at 10, Knicks 11, Thunder again at 12, Hornets at 13, and Cavs at 14. Again, we're just doing the lottery, none of the teams outside of the lottery. So with the seventh pick, you'll find out who the Kings selected. We'll start from the very top here, and I'll let you know uh, who was picked. Orlando Started out the draft picking Paulo Banchero. Uh, Jabari Smith Jr., who I'm a big fan of, was taken second overall by OKC. I knew he was not going to be available for the Kings at seven. Uh, the Houston Rockets took Chet Holmgren, number three. Detroit Pistons, Shaden Sharp, number four. Uh, Indiana Pacers, Jaden Ivey, number five. And I know a lot of Kings fans are interested in Ivey. Uh, number six, the Portland Trailblazers took Keegan Murray. And here I was at number seven. And really, to me... This draft is is pretty top heavy. I'm not saying that there's not still talent on the board, and I did have a, a bit of a tough decision to make here with number seven overall. But this is where we're going to dive in after I share with you what the selection is. This is where we're going to dive into why I think that if the Sacramento Kings, and, and from what I've heard, if the Sacramento Kings are in this position at number seven overall, that more than likely they're not making a selection. They're moving on from this pick to try and get proven NBA talent. Maybe they move down in the draft and get a later draft pick. Who knows how it works out? But I am pretty confident in saying that if the Kings ended up in this position on draft night with these players selected before them, that this pick would be on the move. In fact, I don't think it would even get this far. I think the pick would already be moved uh, by this point in time. But again, for the sake of this exercise, we were not able to trade our draft pick. We had to just select a player straight up all the trades and all that fun chaos and all, uh, all that fantasy GMing. That's all going to come in our ultimate mock draft uh, a little bit later on in the summer. So had a, uh, had a choice to make at seven overall. And for me, really it was between um, AJ Griffin and I did take a little bit of a look at Dyson Daniels from the G League. I'm, I've been watching a little bit. I shouldn't say I've been watching because to be honest with you, when it comes to college basketball and when it comes to G League basketball, I only pay attention to very small things. Rarely do I watch games, um, full games at a time. But uh, Daniels was someone that I did watch a handful of minutes and a handful of, of, of highlights uh, for him. AJ Griffin, he is amongst the consensus like top eight players so of course I've seen highlights on him I ended up just kind of going safe based off of what I saw in a lot of mock drafts I ended up taking AJ Griffin plus I do believe that in theory Griffin could be a good fit for the Sacramento Kings going forward he's a small forward the Kings need the uh, need a little bit of length AJ Griffin by the way he's six foot six out of uh, uh, Duke he's a freshman I do believe that even if AJ Griffin is likely not going to be a starting candidate player right away that the Kings are looking for, especially if Harrison Barnes is still on the team, wing depth is always a good thing. And the biggest strength of Griffin or one of his biggest strengths is his three point shooting and his ability to space the floor. So you like that. You like the, uh, the theoretical possibility of how he could fit with a De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis and, and a Kings team that, that needs shooting and, and significantly lacks shooting right now. Also, he's got a good wingspan. He's athletic. Defensively, I think he can become something, although he's not necessarily known for his defense. He's an average to maybe slightly above average on a good day defender. I don't necessarily expect the Kings organization to turn him into a great defender unless Mike Brown uh, really found a way to, uh, to to impact him and have a positive defensive impact that all Kings fans are hoping for with this team across the board. 
But again, I, I found myself making this selection at number seven overall, just feeling no matter who I selected here, I feel like Kings fans and myself, I was going to be underwhelmed. Like the only way I was making a selection with any kind of significant confidence is if one of Holmgren, Smith, Blanchero, or Ivy, or rather, sorry, not Blanchero, Banchero or Ivy, uh, slid all the way to seven, which was never going to happen. Like outside of those four players, and I even have questions about the four of them being able to make the immediate impact that the Sacramento Kings are looking for. Outside of them, I get just nothing moves the needle for me. It's not that the Kings can't find talent outside of those four that can help this team going forward. That's not the argument at all. The Kings are looking for big name, big splash talent. They're looking to fill out their starting lineup. And I think that it's it's far more likely that the Kings could use this year's draft pick, plus maybe a player like a Rashawn Holmes, hell, maybe even a Harrison Barnes, and go out and get that surefire starter or a couple of solid NBA caliber rotation players that can really make the difference for this team in what is hopefully going to be a playoff push next season. I'm really trying to put myself in the mindset of Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings because that's the goal. They don't really have time. Even with a new head coach coming in, things don't have to be perfect from day one necessarily. They don't have to all of a sudden have this miraculous turnaround where they go from a team that couldn't even make the play in to a team that's in the top four or five in the Western Conference. That's not what I'm expecting at all, but I I expect this Kings team, the expectation, I understand it from the organization, is that this Kings team is a solid playoff contender, not just play-in, playoff contender. And I hope that play-in isn't their only route into the playoffs next season like it was this season and last season, and the Kings still couldn't even make it. The Kings have two years because of uh, of DeMontis Sabonis' contract situation. Kings have two years to figure this out. Kings have two years to win and, and to, to convince him to stay, essentially. Or Monty McNair likely is out of a job. So the timeline is accelerated a little bit. That's why looking at the seventh overall pick and the talent available in the draft around that spot, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not too impressed. But I will tell you, I have had conversations with people who are very much in the know around the Sacramento Kings organization or involved with the Sacramento Kings organization. I have had some conversations. And while I've not gotten straight up confirmation from someone saying, yes, we are looking to move this draft pick, I'm never going to get anything like that. I did get a very real sense, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that the Kings are going to be aggressively shopping this pick unless they somehow move up into the top four. They can't move up into the top five, remember. They can only move up into the top four, or they can win the lottery outright, and I think they have like a 9% chance or something like that of that happening. I can get that actual figure for you. But unless the Kings, 7.5% chance, unless the Kings win the lottery outright and are in a position to take a guy like uh, a Banchero or for some people a Holmgren or for... um, for me, a Jabari Smith Jr. And unless the Kings can find a way to take a guy like that, I don't see much value in them holding onto this draft pick. And honestly, even if they were able to move up that high in the draft, even if they did end up with a top three pick or the number one overall pick, that might be even more incentive for the Kings to try and shop the pick and really get a star player that that pick could be worthy of. So, I already said, and we've already talked about before, don't be surprised at all if the Kings heavily shop this draft pick. Now, based off of, again, the conversations that I've had, the expectation 
is that this draft pick is going to be shocked and going to be moved. Doesn't mean it's guaranteed going to be because as we've seen from Monty McNair in this front office, Kings are not just going to make a trade for the sake of making a trade. If it makes sense and makes this team better, he's going to pull the trigger on it. If it doesn't make sense, then he'll hold on to the pick, draft a player, and figure that out later. Even if that player is the best player available and, and comes at a position like point guard or like center or wherever the Kings already have a little bit of depth at. McNair is going to do what he thinks is best for the good of the team in the moment and not worry too much about day two, day three, tomorrow, next week, next month. Although I would argue that with this offseason, the Kings need to have, maybe you should be paying a little bit more attention to how these players are going to fare and how this team is going to look a month or two months into the season. So my expectation is that this, this pick is going to be moved, but in the sense, or in the case of this uh, this mock draft lottery that we did on Lockdown, was not able to move the pick, so I ended up taking AJ Griffin from Duke, the small forward shooter, at number seven overall in the draft. Let me know if you like this selection. Let me know if you're not happy with the selection. If there are other players available that you would have selected instead of AJ Griffin at that spot, if you're a fan of AJ Griffin and think he actually could be a piece that the Kings are desperately looking for. Let me know why at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me at gmail.com and leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. In the actual draft lottery that's taking place next week, DeMontis Sabonis will be representing the Kings. That was a fun little bit of uh, news to come out. I do want to talk a tiny bit about DeMontis Sabonis and want to ask the question, really, what does Sabonis have to do next season? Do his numbers have to be significantly better or a lot different from the numbers that he already put up for the Kings last season? For Sacramento to have a chance at the playoffs, we'll discuss that. And yes, I want to dive into uh, the ridiculousness of the, the pessimism, negativity, and what I've called stray bullets being uh, thrown the King's way because of moments that Mike Brown has had filling in for Steve Kerr, coaching the Warriors in the playoffs right now. We'll discuss that all after I tell you about a great sponsor of the Locked On Kings podcast. That's Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and your sports information. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Now that the schedules are out, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from the playoffs to esports, live betting, and more. Head to your website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Real quick, want to talk about this Mike Brown coaching the Golden State Warriors thing. And when I say real quick, that of course means I'm probably going to go longer on this than I intend. But it's gotten under my skin a little bit. And I understand why it's not surprising to see the reactions and the negativity thrown the Kings way based off of ultimately meaningless moments of Mike Brown taking over as head coach of the Golden State Warriors. But to see the amount of, it's not just like jokes from uh, national NBA fans or fans outside of Sacramento or even the national media when Mike Brown and, and, and the, the Warriors lost in game five. They were blown out, like bad, blown out in game five against the Memphis Grizzlies. Like to see the jokes hurled the way of the Sacramento Kings, like, oh, this is their new head coach. The Kings are screwed. Like I, I expected that, honestly. And, and that didn't necessarily bother me. What bothered me was the amount of, Honestly, Kings fans and people on Sacramento Kings Twitter, people that I interact with uh, a lot on a daily or weekly basis, seeing them turn on Mike Brown or panic about the Mike Brown hire or use ultimately meaningless NBA playoff games where Mike Brown is filling in for Steve Kerr. He's not running his own system. He took over in like with with very little notice when Steve Kerr went into COVID protocols 
Like Mike Brown, these these games ultimately in regards to how he's going to work with the Sacramento Kings, the job that he's going to do with the Sacramento Kings, these games are meaningless. And that includes the positives. And I'm going to point out the positives because people only want to point out the negatives and ignore if you're going to put so much weight into Mike Brown getting blown out in game five, or last night it was Mike Brown losing a challenge in the second quarter in game six. If you didn't think it was a smart challenge, okay, fine. Did it, did it come back to bite the Warriors? Did later on in the game, they had an egregious foul call that they could have challenged, but they didn't because Mike Brown lost his challenge? No, and the Warriors won the game. And yet Mike Brown is an idiot. The Kings are an idiot for hiring this guy who is a, is a stupid coach who used his challenge in the second quarter of a playoff game. How dare he? That coach's challenge is so coveted and so important in the NBA, clearly. Luke Walton was phenomenal winning coaching challenges, and nobody thought he was a good coach here in Sacramento. Meanwhile, outside of that one loss, and again, I understand it was a bad loss in the playoffs on a major stage in an elimination game against the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis. I understand. And I understand the Grizzlies are without John Morant, who's clearly their best player. I get it. Like it wasn't, I'm not going to turn out, turn around and say this, this game makes Mike Brown look good or this game is a feather in Mike Brown's cap. But you know, it is a feather in Mike Brown's cap that in the 14 games that he's filled in as head coach for Steve Kerr, he's won 13 of them, including two out of three playoff games, these playoffs. But those 13 games don't matter. What matters is he got blown out in one game and he lost a coach's challenge in the second quarter. It's just, it's it's ridiculous. It's such low-hanging fruit to go after someone just now because he's a he's connected to the Sacramento Kings organization. And look, I'll raise my hand here. I go at the Sacramento Kings all the time. Hell, it's my freaking job to half the time. And you know what? After 16 years of them missing the playoffs, damn it, they deserve it. If you are a Sacramento Kings fan who's not a fan of that hire, if you're a Sacramento Kings fan who doesn't have faith that Mike Brown's going to be the right coach, you know what? I don't blame you because 12 other coaches or 11 other coaches since Rick Adelman was fired would say that the Kings have no idea what they're doing and this is going to end up being a catastrophic failure like it has been time and time and time again. I'm not saying that you have to blindly believe that Mike Brown is going to be the right head coach for the Sacramento Kings and the coach to finally bring the Kings out of this hellhole that they've been stuck in for 16 years. I'm not expecting that at all and I don't think that you should expect that. If you want to believe that way and feel that way and have that optimism, all power to you. I appreciate that, and I hope you are right. Every single Kings fan should hope you are right. But the Kings haven't earned that trust. If Mike Brown isn't high on your list, if Mike Brown, if you don't have very high confidence and faith in Mike Brown or the Sacramento Kings in general right now, I don't blame you one bit. But don't go actively searching for things to piss yourself off about and make yourself feel worse. These moments in these playoff games, the one bad blowout loss, the lost challenge in the second quarter, they don't matter. Just like, honestly, the 13 wins with the Golden State Warriors do not matter. We know Mike Brown can coach regardless of the results of any of those 14 games. We know Mike Brown can coach at the NBA level. He has a very successful track record. Yeah, but he had LeBron. Yeah, but he had Kobe. Yeah, but he has the Warriors roster. I, I mean, I tried to hold that against him, and it's it's just stupid to do so. In reality, it's stupid to do so. It's not his fault. Has he won an NBA championship? No. Do we want him to win one here in Sacramento? Yes. But let's get to the freaking playoffs first before we start worrying about if he's capable of getting the Kings a championship, right? Let's walk before we can run. I just think it's... The, sometimes I feel that this fan base is so wounded and expects failure so much that sometimes people 
almost to protect themselves, look to be the ones to point out that negative first so that they don't have it blindside them. And the amount of Kings fans that I interacted with on social media that were actively trying to change the minds of a reign of the, on the parades of Kings fans who are excited about the hire. It's like, it's, it's just, it's not necessary. The Kings already suck. They've already sucked for 16 years. Like, why are you trying so hard to make it worse? <laughs> and if you're one of those people that, and you're listening to locked on Kings podcast, first off, I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. If that's your defense mechanism, again, I totally understand it. Like I get, if you don't have any faith in this organization at this point, don't blame you whatsoever, but you don't have to try so hard to make life miserable as a Kings fan. You don't because the Kings have been doing that for you and doing a damn good job at that for 16 years. All right. What happens in the playoffs from here on out with Mike Brown, what's happened to this point, it's it's whatever. The only real story behind it is the fact that a guy who is committed to a head coaching job in Sacramento is currently head coaching the Warriors in the playoffs right now. I don't know if that's ever happened before but it's happening. That's the story, not what ends up happening. And how, how, because if we're going to blame Mike Brown for Steph Curry missing a bunch of threes or the Warriors turning the ball over a million times, but not going to give him credit for actually winning a couple playoff games and being 13 and one, like, what are we doing? We're just picking and choosing at that point. It's just dumb. What's not dumb as I segue out of that. And yes, of course I took way too much time on that. What's not dumb is that DeMontis Sabonis is representing the Kings at the draft lottery. Like that decision for the Kings. Not that it matters all that much. You just sit up on a stage, sit at a little desk, and uh, sit there and smile for the cameras when you find out what draft pick you're going to get. But hey, maybe Sabonis will be the lottery luck or will bring the lottery luck that the Kings are looking for. Again, the Kings have a 7.5% chance of actually winning the lottery. They can't move into the top five. They can only move into the top four, uh, and they can move backwards. They have a 32% chance of moving into the top four and over a 40% chance of actually moving back uh, to eight. So they have a higher chance of moving back than they do moving forward, but we've seen the Kings move forward uh, plenty of times before. You know what? Just for the hell of it, let's do a draft lottery sim of our own here, and like I said, the Kings moved back to eight in this draft lottery as the Indiana Pacers moved up four spots to win the draft lottery. That would kill Kings fans in so many ways with Tyrese Halliburton being there after that trade. And that would be fitting for DeMontis Sabonis to sit there in the Kings seat and watch as his former team gets the number one overall pick. God, I hope that does not happen. Please do not speak that into existence. I'm never doing a draft lottery sim again. That's a lie. I enjoy doing them. Uh, and we will do more here on Locked on Kings. But DeMontis Sabonis... His numbers are basically identical from his time in Indiana this season, the 47 games that he played with the Pacers to the 15 games that he played with the Sacramento Kings. Scoring is the exact same at 18.9. His rebounds slightly up from 12.1 to 12.3. His assists slightly up from 5 to 5.8. Field goal percentage down a little bit from 58 to 54 or 55, excuse me. Uh, his field goal attempts went up by one per game for Sacramento. Three-point shooting did plummet from 32 to 25, but we know that's not necessarily his game. Uh, overall, numbers across the board, almost the exact same for Sabonis, big time averaging a double-double 19 points and 12.3 rebounds per game. The Kings would love for him to have even better numbers than that, right? I'm not going to try and tell you that that's not the case whatsoever. But honestly, when asking myself the question and thinking about it, like what, how much better do, does Sabonis's or do Sabonis's numbers have to be for the Kings to actually make the playoffs next year? To be honest with you, it's not much better. Like if the Kings get 18.9 points and 12.7 rebounds out of DeMontis Sabonis and he's shooting close to 50% from the field next season, 
the Kings are probably in, in, in pretty good shape, at least from him. I don't know how much more you can ask to get from him, especially if you still view and pay De'Aaron Fox as your number one guy. And that's really the point here is Sabonis just needs to stay himself. He needs to stay the same being that double-double machine and all-star caliber big. It's up to De'Aaron Fox and the rest of the team to kind of get up to that consistent level. Sabonis is consistent. He's going to have games where he's less than 10 rebounds. He's going to have games where he has less than 10 points. It's going to happen on a nightly basis. But for the most part, I shouldn't say on a nightly basis, it's going to happen from time to time. But for the most part, you know what you're getting every single night from DeMontis Sabonis and the rest of the Kings team needs to get to that spot as well. That consistency is how the Kings are going to become consistently good. If Sabonis could get over 20 points per game scoring, I think that's, I mean, that's not a unrealistic expectation for him, especially that he's going to get more touches and more scoring opportunities, in my opinion, in Sacramento. Of course, he'd love his assists to go up to maybe six or seven per game, which is all uh, totally possible as well. But other than those like minor statistical improvements, I think the Kings are just fine if they get this version of DeMontis Sabonis throughout the remainder of his time here in Sacramento. Again, I think it's on De'Aaron Fox and the rest of this team to step up and match that consistency. Let me know what you think about uh, Mike Brown and his time with the Golden State Warriors. Let me know what you think about uh, DeMontis Sabonis representing the Kings in the draft lottery. And if you need more out of Sabonis or looking for something specific out of Sabonis next year, please let me know too at MattGeorgeSack on Twitter. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Today's Locked on Kings podcast also brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible, truly impossible, for your local auto parts chain store or your dealership to carry all of the parts that you need, the different brands, different price points. They don't have it. They're pretty much locked in at what they have at their price point. You have no negotiating power, and you're pretty much stuck. RockAuto.com gives you options, including the very popular option of saving yourself some money. You can spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same exact parts you'll get at Rock Auto at your local stores and at the dealership. Like, for example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, only $216 at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving you do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, regardless of your knowledge of cars. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go and check them out right now. When you go to rockauto.com, right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us, box, so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. It's been a while on Locked on Kings since I have done a mailbag episode. So that's what we're doing tomorrow on Sunday here on Locked on Kings. I'm going to be doing a mailbag episode answering your questions about this Kings team. It could be in regards to Mike Brown being hired as the head coach, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Zabonis, this current Kings roster, expectations for the future, expectations for this offseason, stuff around the draft. Any questions, Kings-related questions that you have that you want to send here for the uh, or for this mailbag episode, please send them to me. I, I put out a tweet about it uh, at Matt George Sack uh, on Twitter yesterday. Already got some great questions there, but I still have room for more questions. If you want, you can go to Twitter, send me those questions, DM them to me or respond to that tweet or if you're not on social media, you can email me those questions, Matt George, uh, rather Matt George Sports at gmail.com. Please send me those questions. I look forward to answering them. Uh, I, I like doing mailbag episodes. Don't do them as much maybe as I should, uh, but I'm looking forward to doing another one here this week, and I hope you would join me for that. Until next time, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. You've been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.